In today's episode of the Amman Wire podcast. I think there needs to be a disruption in the American Muslim institution. And this is not to say that, you know, things are horrible or wrong or evil. No, this just needs to be, are we doing this the right way? Have you really challenged yourself to say, like, what are the governing principles of this institution? What are the spiritual philosophical bylaws of the American Muslim institution, masjid organization or otherwise? Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Manwar podcast. Salim here with Ghaydar. Uh, Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, Salim. How are you? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. I'm even better because I have a uh, returning beloved guest of ours, Sheikh Yasser Fami. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullah. So, one of the things I love about, um, you know, can I say that I love our podcast? I don't know if that's just. <laughs> I guess you can. Yeah. yeah you I guess did? I just said it. Yeah, yeah. You just did. So, Mashallah. one of the things I love about the opportunity for me personally on the podcast is that we're able to bring back um, some of our guests. Um, you know, and sort of continuing conversation. And, and Sheikh Yasser, the first podcast we did with you um, some time ago, um, we discussed uh, this idea of the unmasked and then the remasked. We also wanted to talk about some of your, or get some of your thoughts about American Muslim institutions and masajid and what what needs you know because I think last time we were talking more about like how the the, uh, the the visitors right the people coming in the congregants what they're experiencing but I think it'd be interesting to sort of look on like from from what uh, administrators and in 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 developing healthy Islamic institutions. No, it's always good to be back with you. Uh, certainly, I. Um, when I when we first spoke about uh, the idea of the masjid and kind of the centrality of the mosque in the life of of a believer, it was in that theoretical space, if you will, challenging a little bit of the status quo about how people are perceiving of masjid and the role that the masjid and the American Muslim institution should play in our lives. But you know, now after having been a part of masjid for many years now, mm-hmm. and and looking at things from within. Uh, I think it's it's high time that as a, as a community, we start to really address the status quo of how our institutions in general, our organizations and our masajid, um, are, are structured, formed, and being run. Um, I think that is a very crucial question because there is a general sentiment, I think, of just being unsettled with the way things are being managed. And I, I think that that's, that state that that sense of just feeling unsettled is not unwarranted. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not to reflect or talk about uh, or throw quote unquote shade mm-hmm. <laughs> at any one. No, I think this is this just needs to be an open and frank internal conversation within the Muslim community because I sincerely believe that the future of Muslims and Islam in this country lies within our institutions, within the masjid. I believe in the centrality of these spaces. I don't think the future lies on the internet. I think that's a tool, it's a measure, it's a sabab that Allah has given us that we have to utilize, but it's always gonna come down to real, living, functional, capable institutions where people can frequent, people can realize themselves, they can study the deen, they can have good suhbah, they can remember Allah, they can make their salah, they can fulfill their their huquq and their ibadat. Like that's what the future lies for us because that's what's real. You know, what I want us to potentially consider is that we need to almost disrupt 
the American Muslim institution as an industry. You know, you use this language when I was in business school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you have this idea of like disrupting an industry. I think there needs to be a disruption in the American Muslim institution. And this is not to say that, you know, things are horrible or wrong or evil. No, this just needs to be, are we doing this the right way? Because the way things got developed in the first place, especially decades ago, it was kind of arbitrary, if we really think about it. It wasn't planned out. Mm-hmm. It was a few sincere individuals who found themselves you know, in need because someone died and they need to pray janazah, or they need to pray Jummah, mm-hmm. or they need to, to, to do something to, 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 to have fraternity and sorority with, with people of their own kind so that they can preserve their identity, quote-unquote, as a Muslim. And so suddenly a masjid is built, right? Or institution is started. And mostly by people who are not specialists <laughs> in, in the governance of institutions. Right. It's usually a very well-intentioned, sincere brother or sister who is a lawyer, a doctor, uh, a business person, whatever the case may be, who starts from the goodness of their heart, a space. And inshallah, they intend the pleasure of Allah. They intend to see that Islam thrives and flourishes. But then it just becomes kind of a process of trial and error and things become developed and suddenly when you were just 10 people now thousands of people are coming and then you're trying to figure out well what do i have to do to, to manage this so i build a governance structure so i'm a board right and okay who is the board well the board is a few people that really came together to to, to start this thing in the first place uh, and then okay what do we need to do well, we need to hire a few people to, to manage things, what do you need? You need like a sheikh, right. <laughs> an imam. So, hey, listen, imam so-and-so, come. And then this, this standard of a model in the American Muslim community started, which is lay people, with sincere intentions, built institutions, called Muslim institutions, and now for the most part are managing the day-to-day affairs of those who go to masajid and conferences and so on. And intention aside, so intention aside, because inshallah I believe everyone who's trying is sincere bi'idhnillah, Allah does not command us to assess what is happening in your heart. Salim started the masjid, inshallah you started for the right reasons, inshallah you're going to be in the highest levels of Jannah. But now I have to come to Salim and I have to come to Ghidar and say, hey guys, are you guys really doing this the right way? Are you guys really the most qualified to be running these masajid? Should you continue to be in charge? Have you really challenged yourself to say, like, what are the governing principles of this institution? So we have, in the legal jargon, you have a bylaws. Like, these are the bylaws of the institution. What are the, what are the spiritual, philosophical bylaws of the American Muslim institution, masjid organization or otherwise? Like, do, have we really opened our masjid with the distinct spirit of ensuring that the pleasure of Allah will be fulfilled every single day? Or perhaps have our institutions devolved into a reality, which is normal when human beings start to organize, that it just becomes about a battle of wills. Salim's will versus Yas's will versus Ghidar's will. And it becomes politics. becomes about, well, I was first and you were second. I was here 30 years ago. You're only here five years ago. I am the one 
who knows what's best and I will ensure that this organization or this institution or this masjid goes into the best possible place, right? Do I really know what's best? Or is it just because I have a false sense of self and a false confidence in my own abilities and I'm going to make this the most remarkable space? Or is it because I fear the loss of control? Which is a big reality, I think, in the American Muslim institution. I've had this for 10, 20 years. I can't lose control of this. So I start to lobby. <laughs> you know? Lobbying Ghedar. Ghedar, come. If you don't come on my side, Salim is going to take over. And we don't know who Salim is that well. And Salim, you know, he may take over. And who knows where this is going to go? Where is it going to go? I am not Allah. I am not the Prophet. I am barely a simple human being who hopes that Allah looks at me with an eye of pleasure. Now, if I obsess over control, over leadership, over dictating these realities, and it comes at the detriment of the house of Allah, or of an organization that was constructed to serve the khalq, the deen, and the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, how am I going to meet Allah Yawm Al-Qiyamah? You know, run away from it. When Abu Dhar came to the Prophet Sallallahu he said, يَسْتَعْمِلْنِي يَا رَسُولَ اللَّهِ Use me over it. He said, leave it. <laughs> you know, إِنَّهَا You know, it is حَسْرَ وَنَدَامَ it is, it is a source of, 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 of loss and regret. And it can be a curse upon you Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Like we have to just take a step back and say, are, have we really constructed ourselves the right way? Listen, if I have been an institution, I hope my brothers and sisters are listening to me. Because I've, I've been around our country and I've seen the same pain points across the country. If I continue to hold on to a position of leadership and insist that I am the person who has to be that, and the only reason I'm doing it is because I have a false sense of self, then please look in the mirror before it's too late because you don't want to meet Allah Yawm Al-Qiyamah being asked about, listen, you took control over something that had to do with the, the welfare of the Muslimin and you did it at the expense of the deen of Allah. Don't don't hold yourself accountable. Hasibu anfusakum qabla an tuhasabu. Hold yourself accountable before you're held accountable. Right, and that's that's a little bit of what I want to say, and then I have much more to say, but I want to see what you guys. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, Subhanallah, there's a whole lot of points that you, um, Mashallah, presented, and uh, it seems that you know, with the dynamics of how our community in the West has been built, and with how we, um, you know, basically uh, witnessed our masajid, uh, you know, built particularly with the, you know different migrant groups that came from the majority Muslim world. I wanted to ask you uh, in general, you know, is this maybe, uh, you know, you know, as some folks would say, a product of the lack of uh, process, you know, and if I can use this word also lightly, the lack of democracy of what happened in the Middle East and in the subcontinent and in the other majority, like, you know, in the past, Hundred years, we haven't had a proper chance uh, in Muslim majority uh, countries to have this, uh, you know, um, if I could say, um, 
process or freedom to come up with something that will, you know, uh, manage us. You know, we lived under dictatorships and equally so as well, you know, with the majority of uh, the, um, you know, Muslims who were here before the, the these migrant groups that came, you know, with the African-American group or with any other group who has been here historically and has also experienced such things in, uh, you know, such realities in, in the masajid. Do you think that we came collectively with baggage, you know, whether it's, you know, you know, I lived all my life under a dictatorship. And when I got the chance uh, to, to be in a position, I only found myself becoming one. And uh, that's just politically speaking, maybe of, of how we run things. And at the same time, the way that we ran Masajid on a different point has always been to come without a proper, you know, also we haven't had the education, you know, institutionally, you know, we, we always had this, okay, yalla guys, let's do this, yalla, bismillah, you know, so yeah. that yeah, well, fire. I mean, like, yeah, the, I mean, the first thing that, you know, I was I was thinking when Sheikh Yasser was, was, was first discussing this was um, everything seems, like the way, is almost like a lot of our institutions were created, um, I don't want to say by accident, but just like <laughs> on the fly, yeah. and, and, it's always the short-term goal. If anyone in a Muslim organization is not able to really discuss what their vision is, what their long-term plan is, and then what the plan is, even including plans of succession, you know, in terms of mosque govern governance, right? So if we're not even considering this, you know, then then what what is this really leading us to, you know? I, no, I think both of you are, are asking very uh, meaningful questions in this regard. You know, listen, I, I want to just as a, as a very clear disclaimer, I think our column, the forefathers <laughs> um, who, who have who, who really did a lot to build, you know, to build the actual structures of our institutions. Of course, it's, this is not to discredit them, you know. Yeah, yeah, no, and and certainly us, not you know, because all yeah, the I mean, issues that we're still talking about yeah. are affecting uh, the younger generation uh, as well. Yeah, absolutely. 100%, yeah, 100%. Yeah. Because listen, at the end of the day, it's always going to be the nafs is a real reality. Yeah. And someone, um, he was asking me, you know, what if I think I don't have an ego? Well, the reality is then you don't understand that you're a human being because every human being has a nafs. And the nafs is the self, and that's a.k.a. the ego. So we all have that as a potential reality that can either be radiya mardiya or can be amara bisu. Or it can either be that content and the one that Allah is pleased with or the one that is inclining towards evil. Now, so much has been done in this country over not just the past decades, but hundreds of years, right, with regards to Islam and with regards to the preservation of Islam as a known reality and as a known entity. And I'm not here to give a historical lesson on what happened, you know, hundreds of years ago versus in the past, but let's just focus today as the institutions that we see around us. Yeah. And there are different realities. There are, you know, there are, you know, kind of indigenous realities. There are those whose institutions have been around for decades, for, for much longer. There are those who've been around for a few years. So I don't want to delve into those complexities. However, I do want to say a few things. Number one, I think the arbitrariness that you referenced is our biggest pain point, which is we're not going back to the drawing board and thinking, okay, we started this kind of off of a whim. Few people sitting in the room, hayallah, as you were saying, you know, let's, let's do this. Let's get this going. And then the momentum picked up. And because we are a community that's in need, 
Listen, everyone just kind of like throws their resources. Uh, we need $100,000. Here's $100,000. Next year, we need another $100,000. What happened to last year's $100,000? No, we just need another $100,000. And out of the goodness of people's hearts, and this is a beautiful thing. Don't get me wrong. Right. Continue to donate. I'm not saying don't donate. Right. This is a good thing. But we need, we need to now start to hold ourselves internally accountable. It's like, okay... All of that arbitrariness doesn't and cannot take us into the future. Because if we want to be formidable institutions that really address the challenges of our time, then we're going to have to radically alter the way we govern certain things. If everything within the American Muslim institution becomes about the politics of the institution, then we're just we're looking for our own internal implosion Right. And detriment. And if everything becomes, as you were talking about earlier, like people come with their dictatorships or whatever. Listen, we have overly dictatorialized masajid and we have overly democratized masajid. Right. Listen, when I when we have masajid and institutions, and please, I'm not, you know, addressing anyone in particular, but when we have institutions where every year, every two years you have elections. And the only time the community is awakened is when people are doing elections. That's a problem. Okay, when everyone thinks it's about the election, Muslim masjid election cycle, that's a problem. And then you have the other extreme where there's like, hey, listen, <laughs> like, <laughs> I am your high lord. I built this masjid. Guess <laughs> I, what? My father built this masjid. <laughs> I built this. I have this. I started this organization, you know, decades right. ago. I am the one who has to be in charge. And at, when everything becomes a lobbying game, to either preserve the dictatorship or to lobby in your own group. Like, listen, let me, let me, uh, you know, let me put the, let me put the finger on the, the, the wound. Listen, we have masajid in this country that, that have gone to courts. Yeah, oh. This is very controversial. Right? And I'm, I don't know how controversial and I apologize. Please forgive me. But let's, let's bring some of this stuff out internally because wallahi, and I hope this is clear. This is all done with the best of sincere intentions. To, to, to look at the house of Allah and to look at the American Muslim institution and say, all of us need al-mu'min mir'atu akhi. The believer is the mirror of their brother or their sister. Every one of us, as individuals, as institutions, need a mirror put up and say, like, look at what you're doing. When we have institutions where boards, like old boards and new boards, are in the courts, and all it's about is control. That's a, that's a problem. That is a catastrophic problem. And I'm not saying this for a moment to tell our young people, hey, listen, run away from the American Muslim institution. No, I'm saying run towards. I'm saying roll your sleeves up and your pant legs up and work hard. Because we need sincere, capable people who are going to disrupt the industry. Not in an empty sense of rebelliousness and I'm just, ah, daughters, I'm going to... No, 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 none of this nonsense. No tearing down. We want to look... We want to appreciate the, the goodness that has existed. We want to appreciate the efforts of many of our parents and our fathers and our grandfathers who worked so hard. But on the same token, we have to say, how can we collectively take this into a much better space? Because all of us are going to be held accountable. Those who have built and those who have neglected, those who have fled mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. from the battlefield, if you will, all of us, okay, the house of Allah was there. What did you do? What did you try to do? Did you try to bring ihsan into the equation? Did you come lovingly and caringly with a sincere heart to say, can we do this differently? 
Yes, yeah, sometimes you're going to have to be a little bit more forceful. Sometimes you're going to be a little bit hands-off. You have to call to the way of Allah with wisdom. But yes, we, we need to see in the American Muslim institution, for example, the equation has to change. And it has to become first and foremost about La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah. That has to be the most important thing. It can no longer be about control, governance, democracy, of, of, of you know, elections. And that has to be, are we really attaining Allah's pleasure? Meaning our institutions, are they, are they really doing the civic work that they're supposed to be doing? If I am sitting here as a masjid or an organization every day just dealing with the internal baggage of bureaucracy and politics and people are dying on the street, we have people who continue to live in homeless shelters, people who cannot rent a house, people who are losing their faith in their deen, people who feel spiritually dead, marriages that are falling apart, kids who are losing their identities. What am I, why do I even have this institution, <laughs> you know? There is a real question of relevancy, not relevancy as discourse necessarily spoken about today in the in the common parlance of, of like the public discourse, but the relevancy of being a house of Allah, which is a house that was built upon, you know, taqwa. The masjidun usisa ala taqwa. Those masajid that were built upon God consciousness, that every moment that this space is open, we are all obsessed with the idea is the name of Allah being lifted high. Is the example of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam being followed every moment. That has to become our categorical obsession. I mean, here comes the um, you know conundrum, I guess, when it comes to certain opposing parties at a certain masjid or institution, they do have that genuine intention. And, and, you know, when we bring up our pain points in this podcast, it's not to, you know, you know, of course, discredit the others. You know, of course, it's, if one thing we want to do here is to preserve what they built, you know, like people say, like, I built this. I can't really, you know, let you kids do this. But at the end of the day, if you don't empower these kids, your institution is going to fall the second you fall. And we all are, as Muslims, alhamdulillah, believe that we're going to go out someday. Or Muslims or not Muslims, we're going to leave this dunya. So if your institution is going to be in demise as a result of your death or your departure, this means that we are doomed. You are dooming yourself. You know, So you need to empower others to do something different yeah, and, yeah, and that's prioritize. Uh, so that's for your own legacy, we are trying to do this. And that's what I'm trying to say. I, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, just comment a little bit on that. Listen. It's not about that person's legacy. I mean, for I, him, I know, I know you're uh, negotiating yes. the emotional side, yeah. and you're you're like, and I appreciate it. And wallahi, from you're gonna go to a nice, tender old uncle or someone, some a father figure, and you say, listen, you know, for the sake, for, but we have to be, we have to like peel back the onion a little bit more. Number one, f forget about before this when this person dies. What if when in they're alive in, in the masjid or the institution is sinking, right? And that it's a shell of what it was 20 years ago or 10 years ago. What about the fact that I am watching things falling down around me, but my stubbornness and my ego won't let me give up because, you know what, I've, this has been a part, now it's become a part of my identity. Like, Yasir, Yasir is the Sheikh of Masjid X. So my identity becomes the Sheikh of Masjid X, meaning that if I am no longer the Sheikh of Masjid X, what is yes? I'm going to have a crisis in my I'm going to have a crisis life, yeah. of faith and identity. That's why, unfortunately, I have seen 
forget. So we can. T- we, there's a lot to talk about, right? We're not even scratching the surface yet. But you have Mashiach mm-hmm. and Emma who embody the same character. It's like I'm not gonna let this go, and I will cause a fitna in the community, for example, or in the organization or whatever, because I can't let this thing go because I started it. Listen, it's, it exists. It exists in, in all spaces. In, as long as we're human beings, these diseases will exist. That's why we just want to shed a light. on. It's not to point the finger at any one person because we're all the same reality. It's just looking, it's just really holding up mirrors, saying, Salim, look at yourself for a second, right? You've had this podcast for a few years. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Pass yeah. it off to Ghida. Yes. Oh, I would love to. <laughs> so, so all what we talked about is for Just forget about it. Give it up, yeah, give it up. So you are demising. <laughs> yep. You are just throwing this whole thing away. Yes, absolutely. No, I'm ready. It's, it's it's listen. It's it's realizing that shiuch, with all due love and respect, that there may be a better sheikh at a certain time that needs to replace you. That maybe you need to move on because. Your efforts in this community are just not the best ones. Like, alhamdulillah, you've served lovingly for five, ten years, but perhaps you have to move on to a different space because, you know what, this community needs something different. Same thing goes for boards, right? Same thing goes for administrations. Same thing goes for executive directors, board of directors, board of trustees, board of whatever, all the different different, permutations of boards that we have, Right. Right. right? But excuse me, brothers and sisters, with all due love and respect, if for 30, 40 years, it's the same people resurfacing. Listen, that's not just in the business world called stagnation. That's called something very different, right? right? That's that's just realizing that, like, it, I have made this about me. It's not about, like, if you want to go use business jargon, it's not about the product. You know, it's not about the service. It's about me and the, the spotlight being shined on me. Because I have deficiencies and insecurities in myself that I need to realize in the public sphere. And I have this little platform or this Blake platform that I can use to realize myself. Although, by the way, everyone around me is looking at me like, can you just step down already? Can you walk away? Even though everyone has that look at me, but I'm still going to manipulate and and mangle everything to ensure that uh, I, right? Sometimes, it, you know, it sounds like you need what our institutions may need. Um, some companies and things have this is, you know, you almost need like a third party, like consultant or an, like an ombudsman who is like appointed by the general public to like come in and just sort of look at the process because everyone's so, I mean, if you're in an organization, like Ladar and I, Iman, our podcast, right? And you know, we just are used to doing certain things. But if I bring a third, another third party who's not affiliated with Iman Wire, not affiliated with Al Medina, and comes in and looks at our process and looks like, well, why is this going on? What's this going? On? And comes in basically, on, it comes in with the interest of the public, like you know, our audience, for example, and then comes and says, this is the process that needs to be fixed. You know, is that something? Is that you know? I, I feel like there's there needs to be some sort of check because. I mean, especially with the leadership, because like if you're on a board, right, you know, ideally your fellow board members are going to check you 
like, and I don't mean like just in a legalistic point of view, but they're going to give you the advice that like, you know, or, or try to, you know, to try try to see what things that maybe you may not see yourself. Um, that It gets a little more dicier when you're talking about with an imam, if there's not another imam in that area who they're close with or the president of the of the board or things like that. But it, do we need to try to look at our, our institutions from a, from this type of business model of of having like you know consultants or have like you know these these third parties come in and evaluate the process i think it's 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 not just a matter of a business model it's a matter of best practices mm. so listen we are we are, we live in the us for those of you who are who are listening you know we're we're living in the us us or canada basically <laughs> or canada, the west it's all the west. kind of yeah but there, you know, and we structure these organizations and we have bylaws and we have a legal status. We have a 501c3 or whatever your legal status is. You need to, we need to really look at what best practice is. Best practice within a nonprofit sense. And when it comes to certain parts of the institution, best practices within a like professional business sense. But also we have to look at best practice from a religious sense. At the end of the day, if I am called the Islamic anything, the Islamic Association of X or the Islamic Association of Y or the Islamic Institution of this or the Islamic... If Islam is what is the clear identifier, meaning that Ghidar is coming to Salim because Salim is Masjid Islam X, right? And it's Ghidar is looking for Islam. Then I have to ensure that the best practices of Islam are preserved. That's why we have to... A part of the disruption is we have to reconsider this idea of every single sheikh or imam necessarily being beholden to a board right under the auspices of a group of lay people that doesn't mean that the sheikh or the imam should be above reproach and cannot be governed no i don't believe in that either because you have great boards and bad imma you have bad great imma and bad boards and you have all sorts of permutations in that regard but we need a good system of checks and balances that ensures that there is sufficient authority Right, quote unquote, power on the side of the the religious scholarship, and on the side of the boards to ensure that a good counterbalance always exists. But if it's always going to be about one entity being subservient to the other, and one entity being beholden to the other because of whatever reasons, economic or otherwise, then you're always going to see the compromise, the shifts, the changes. We don't want you to talk about this issue. We don't want you to opine on that matter. We don't want you to invite that speaker. We don't want you to... Is this best practice? Like if I have a group of very well-intentioned, sincere brothers and sisters who are late, quote-unquote lay people, I hope this is not a pejorative for any of you, but I mean by that people who are non-specialists in Islamic learning or Islamic scholarship and teaching. If they are now starting to inform how and when we should start Ramadan, Right, because we have a feeling or an opinion about it, or the way in which Islam should be taught, or something or so on. This is where we start to get into these spaces of a non-specialist dictating what should happen. Now, I agree, I don't think it should be necessarily one sheikh or imam. But if I'm going to now put a bylaw around, for example, the way in which Islamic scholarship is negotiated... If I were a Muslim institution and I had the power in my hand, I would go to all of the senior scholarship and say, what is the best practice in this regard look like? Go to Imam Muhammad Majid, Imam Zayd Shakir, Imam so-and-so, Imam so-and-so, Sheikha so-and-so, and say, hey, what should be the best practice of Islam and how should we go about 
bringing in with honor and dignity, for example, a religious leader to realize this. So, and they, you, and uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong. There, there are some, there is some movement in that direction, isn't it? it, it you know, Actually, there's the a lot of majami and majaris that were built as well, and we had uh, inherited the same kind of differences. And I mean, I, I don't mean to uh, kind of escalate this level to the uh, conferences and to the you know different uh, uh, you know uh, circles of fiqh that, that that got formed in the West. But I wanted to bring, uh, as we discussed, uh, Sheikh uh, Yasser, I, I wanted to bring to you uh, this other you know, reason that I think also is behind the crisis of our institutions, which is the fact of how we see, like, given that our intention is right, given that everything is checking, you mentioned just a few minutes ago that the central message or the central focus should be on la ilaha illallah. Mm -hmm. The fact that we are in the West as a Muslim community coming from so many masharib, from so many, uh, let's say, practices of the religion that are mostly valid you know like we just have our different madahib and different you know uh, groups that alhamdulillah all unite on la ilaha illallah we tend to when it comes down to the single institution that's holding more than one element of you know the ethnicity or um, or the nationality we tend to differ on la ilaha illallah meaning on the practice of it we tend to say, well, this is how la ilaha illallah should be practiced. And you come equally be like, no, this is not how la ilaha illallah should be. And both of you are right because it just, Islam is multifaceted. Islam is multi, uh, you know, uh, approachable. Alhamdulillah. And uh, there's only one God, you know, but alhamdulillah, there's different, you know, turuq ilayhi. So we don't need to discuss this, digress more. But I guess what I wanted to say is, in addition to the reasons that we mentioned, we have this now. And this also feeds to what you're saying, Sheikh, now, on the fact that it adds more fuel to the fire. Even if I want to go to Imam Muhammad Majid, and, and other folks, and Imam Zayed Shaka and Sheikh Mukhtar, and the certain Imam that's adhering to a certain practice of La ilaha illallah may say, like, you know what, I respect Sheikh Muhammad, but maybe I will not, you know, do that. And some, and therefore it will add to the same kind of mm. discord, you know, that's going on. Not necessarily. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's necessarily. I think where there is genuine space for ikhtilaf, then that room should always be open for that ikhtilaf. What I'm getting, what I was touching upon, because I think it's one thing to say like, okay, how do we negotiate the particularities? Okay, let's, the most common examples are uh, the starting of Ramadan or the, you know, so you clearly have an issue around that in the U.S. Muslim community. You have a bunch of people with scholarship who are saying calculations, you have versus this. I don't, that's a, that's a khilafi, that has become a khilafi reality. For those who believe it's a, re, it's a, a rec, uh, qualified or qualifies as a khilaf or not, let's just put that aside. But what I'm indicating is that's, that's become something in that regard. But what, more of what I am addressing is the internal machinations of the American Muslim institution. If I say, for example, that I am a Muslim institution, I am Islamically run institution, then I need to put every single peg in place that ensures that the Islam part is truly realized, right? If, I, if I've been a masjid for 30, 40, 50 years, and I have never been able to get my internal stuff in order in a way that ensures that I become a rahmah lil alameen, then I am failing. I just have to be open about that. There needs to be someone else who comes in and ensures, for example, like if I've been living in a space where there are plenty of people around me who are suffering from every social ailment 
And I have not moved the pendulum one centimeter in that regard because I've been dealing with my internal baggage, then I've been dysfunctional as a leadership. And we have to be open and okay with this. And by the way, as Sayyidina Umar said, do it now before it's too late because regardless, you're going to have to answer it, right? Whether you're a sheikh, imam, a sincere brother or sister who was on a board, all of us are going to have to answer Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Why did you continue to be that imam in the masjid when you were clearly not qualified? Or when there was someone else who was potentially far more qualified, but you sabotaged them because you were worried about yourself, right? And not being disposed of that position. When, if, 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 our, if our institutions continue to be governed by egos and nufus, unchecked, unrestricted, bloated, then that is where the barakah of Allah is, is lost for us. Because Allah does not support that. It is, in tansurullah yansurkum. If you bring victory to Allah, Allah will bring victory to you. Right? So yes, you may say, I am a small rinky-dink operation, but yes, if you bring victory to Allah, Allah will bring massive victory to you. How often has it been that small groups have dominated big groups by the permission of Allah? We need barakah back in our institutions. We need the permission, the idna of Allah back into our masajid and our organizations. All of that comes by turning our masajid and our organizations towards Allah. Saying, you know what? Ghaydar, you are clearly the more qualified person. Please come and take over. And I do this with sincerity and I do this to meet Allah with it because you spoke earlier about the succession plan. That is a huge question. And I hope all of my brothers and sisters who are listening really think about this. We're going to die. We need to have, the Prophet ﷺ said, you don't go to sleep one or two nights without having your will written. That's when it comes to your own self and your little uh, fiefdom <laughs> in your small little like bank account. But what about the house of Allah? And what about the Muslim American organizations and institutions? Have you, do you have a will for that? And you know what? My advice is as many people do, divvy up now before you, after, before you die. <laughs> Meaning say, Zoa, I've been at this for more than enough. Even though I still have to battle my nafs because I still think I'm the most qualified, I'm going to give it to Ghaydar, I'm going to give it to Salim because... And I trust them, and I've really, like, really looked at Ghaydar, and I've, I've spent time with him. And I may not feel so confident to give it to him, but I'm going to give it to him, fi sabilillah. Right? And if I'm not in control anymore, it doesn't mind. You know what? And if that means that, you know what? Yasir has to come back and pray behind Ghaydar, and watch Ghaydar as he gets up on the mimbar, or if he gets up on the microphone to make the announcements, and I have to, and I am all I am is a musalli who's praying, asking Allah for forgiveness, and that's a beautiful thing. Responsibility, leadership, control, these are the greatest of fitan. That's why we read Surah Al-Kahf every week. Because from the fitan that, we, that are the most trying is having possession, is having control. If you don't need to be in that position, walk away from it. Because you are far safer. That doesn't mean to, to like... Say, okay, I don't want to deal with anything and become very complacent. Because that's another disease, by the way. There's one disease of like the people who, can't, who are so obsessed with control. And there's a whole other right. disease that we haven't spoken about, which is the generation of Muslims who are like, ah, I don't care. 
Ah, I'm apathetic right, exactly. to what's happening. You know, that's and, another and they disease. And the qualifications to, the, you know, to the battle, you know, right, people right, say. Right. You know. No, it's not just that. It's that and it's also, excuse my language, look at the stupidity. Right, exactly. You know, look oh, at yeah. these organizations. Yeah. Look at these uncles. Look at these, uh, look at, I don't want to deal with that nonsense. Oh, really? And, and why are you so special? Right. <laughs> right? Listen, the prophets of Allah, they dealt with a lot of nonsense. We cannot, none of us, we, listen, if, if I am in it with ego or if I am out of it with ego, it's all problematic. We have a command to be in motion. Allah has commanded the Prophet ﷺ from the first moment, Ya Muhammad, you have to be in motion. Or on the converse, like you have to be standing at night and in the day. You have to be in motion. You know, you have to be uh, in a state of sa'i. Sitting on the couch, as the Egyptians call them, Hizbul Kanaba, you know, the party of the couch, that's not the way of Muhammad. If you're going to be up and in motion, do it with ihsan. Push back with ihsan. Move with ihsan. Meaning, be humble, be, be, be kind, be gentle, be modest. Realize that we barely know anything about anything. And so when I opine, I opine really with a sense of humility. That it's not about being the loudest and the most obnoxious and the most aggressive. And the one who can spread the greatest rumors and manipulate the most. So I can go and I can like manipulate Ghaydar and I can manipulate Salim and convince them of what I think. And then Salim and Ghaydar out of the goodness of their heart say, oh, this is Yasir. I love Yasir and I know him and I trust him. And that sounds so bad. And then off of very little, go and uh, go and like attack another person and become like complicit in, in a potential crime, if you will. This is where we need to reassess our akhlaq, reassess our purpose. Are we really, do? are these institutions fulfilling their divinely ordained purpose or not? Are our masajid really modeled after the masjid of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam as he constructed and built a space that became a beacon of light for everyone, for the Muslimin and for the non-Muslims? Or have our spaces become bastions of politics and bureaucracy? These are the big questions that we have to challenge ourselves on. And I want to make this clear, brothers and sisters. This is not a finger-pointing game. Wallahi, I believe every single one of us are responsible. And I believe Allah will ask each and every single one of us, what did you do? Or what did you not do? So you can't just say, Yawm Al-Qiyamah, oh, it was because, you know, yes, it was there and he never... No, 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 that's not sufficient. I was going to say, what did you try to do? Well, I tried to hold a protest. Well, is that the best thing to do? What did you try to do with ihsan? Did you try to call it to Allah with wisdom? What were you yourself advocating? Or was it just your ego who felt left out? Did you really care about my house? Listen, the, the way we prepare for exams and the possibility of how like our professors are going to ask us questions, we have to really prepare for the line of questioning that each and every single one of us are going to receive. And at the end of the day, we are all accountable. And if I want to be someone who is written Yawmul Qiyamah as amongst those who serve the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, who followed in the footsteps of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa then I must walk that walk. 
I can't just be a spectator and I can't just be someone who complains or someone who whines or someone who licks their wounds or someone who's despotic and aggressive. I need to be Muhammadan. Listen, at the end of the day, Ghaydar, Salim, myself, if we call beautifully and with ihsan and no one listens, then we have prophets <laughs> that were just like that. And that's why the beauty of the most liberating thing is وَمَا عَلَيْكَ إِلَّا الْبَلَاخِ your duty is to convey. Do we have control over these masajid, these institutions, these organizations? Do we have control over this country? Do we have control over the world? We have no control. Control belongs to Allah. Kingdom, control is to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. All we can hope to be is beings that Allah looks at and say, that is a abd, that is an amma, that is a servant who tried their best to serve me. And I accept them as such. And that's what we can only hope to be. SubhanAllah, you did mention, Sheikhna, you know, uh, we did talk about the different facets of the problem, you know, so far. And we did uh, talk about how, you know, we should address it in one approach or the other. But you always somehow brought it back to the nafs and the ego and how even the nafs will, would sabotage, you know, such a solution. For instance, what you mentioned, Salim, about the third party, you know, interference or intervention, so to speak. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to, uh, you know, uh, to mention is that a couple of days ago we were sitting down and, and, and it was mentioned that it's not a, pro it's not a crisis of institution that we have. It's more of the crisis of morality and spirituality. And that does not necessarily conflict with the topic that we are uh, discussing now. It's actually enforcing it. Because, you know, one of the practical steps, if I could say, in terms of the da'wah and hikmah and mawad al-hasana is to probably institutionalize some sort of, uh, you know, tazkiyah uh, process in the masjid yeah, as a way forward, you know. Absolutely. And to maybe, you know, one way is just to encourage those who are involved in the leadership of the masjid, you know, including the imam who sometimes may not be doing uh, such practices, you know. 100%. So, so I mean, they're, they're just approaching the salah from a very, uh, and not the salah, the entire worshipping cycle of the yeah. masjid in a very kind of process or you know ritualistic uh, uh, you know um, approach and therefore maybe that's one way of yeah, approaching. I mean, sir, I mean I think I think that's part of it like I, and I was just about to ask as you know as a, as a question which is what are what are the types of trainings that we need to be implementing obviously the spirituality the training in spirituality is essential and this it's is essential, the overarching yeah. you know the the uh, the essential part of it, but I think there's also there's like almost like a vocational training that needs to take right. place, right? You know, whether Absolutely. as we we're talking about, and you know, if if we can infuse um, both in uh, in in our institutions, you know, the spirituality training, but also like the the the, the, uh, the organizational skills training, because I think that is something uh, you know, you, someone can be very sincere and yeah, they right. can have the best yep. best at heart. Of and course, it's yeah. really, and everything's by the barak of Allah. I mean, like these institutions that we've built in this country. Right and, and elsewhere, you know, these a lot of these are created by like people who had no idea what they were doing, right? right. But it I mean, happened. intention is not enough. Of, definitely, I mean, yeah. uh, if you, if you if you lack knowledge, you know, uh, your ignorance is is something that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala will ask you about. Uh, but uh, I guess my argument was yeah. that even before we need, uh, before we embark upon that vocational training, we need to start here. You know, meaning like to absolutely embark yeah. into this purifying of the nafs you know so that because if we do this salim before we do the former it will be just a weapon against each other mm -hmm. it'll be like but no, it has to be it has another. to be a balance right because i think what what we see is that you know if you go over to one one more i mean uh this is not to minimize you know, the spirituality tract in any way but if that is going to be the only approach 
Oh, it's uh, not the only know, approach. No, but, but I'm saying like, one, I, I, th- I think I think that I think the tendency, like in everything else, like we tend to just go go to the extremes on each side. <laughs> so it's like that's one part. And then sure. there's, I think there's another extreme, um, Sheikh, which is, and, and I I've experienced this and in, and in, in, in seeing it, you know, even like say at fundraisers, things like that, is like or or people discussing like organizations and how they're running things. That it's a very purely like business sure. like and that is yeah. there's a harm in that you know 100%. like uh, you know people will be like you know about fundraising for example like you know we understand fundraising is not ideal right you know nobody really wants to have to do fundraisers but like you can't uh, say attack you know an institution for fundraising and be like you know you because you're not running it properly as a business you know and then they they they, they 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 put all this judgment on the institution because they're fundraising or what have you because they feel like it's not being run purely as a business. So there's, there's another extreme on that side too. Right, it's about trying to find that balance, right? Yeah. No, I, I think um, I, I think what you're, what, 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 what's coming up out of this conversation are just like all the major questions that we have to start answering. And this is why this, this is definitely a part one. <laughs> you know, this is, this, this question is going to have to be tackled in multiple parts, I believe. Because the next big question is, well, what do those best practices look like? If we're going to use the term best practices just to appropriate some language from the nonprofit realm. But like, what are the best practices for the spiritual question? What are the best practices for the financial question? For HR? For operations? For IT? You know, for masjid security? You know, these are big questions. What are, what are the best practices to ensure that we are realizing our vision and mission in a space? Like, what are the top priorities of a masjid? Is it just about holding the salah and holding salatul jumu'ah? Or do we have a greater mission to masajid? Well, how do I know what I'm capable of? Some masajid have thousands of congregants, some a few hundred. This is a this is why I'm saying this is a quote unquote industry, and I don't want to use too many of these lang- this too, you know, I don't want to appropriate too much of that language. But this is a whole world that we've that we've kind of just stumbled into but we haven't taken that next step of really taking the time to do muhasaba and think what is the best possible way so right now we were just kind we of just, going yeah. through a parcel yeah. of like we were about well, to should, sue each other no it's like <laughs> Salim was like I, I want to raise funds and Khaydan was like I want to make dhikr <laughs> absolutely no it's like but but you need to make dhikr you need to raise funds we need to be doing a much better job of how we go about raising funds. So the message of the American Muslim message, just the other day I was having a conversation about, for example, zakat money. Mm-hmm. We need, I am, I, in my humble opinion, I am of the opinion that we need to start weaning masajid and American Muslim organizations off of zakat mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. Zakat money, I believe, has to be going towards those who are fuqara and masakeen. And the opinions that allowed, for example, for zakat to be used for anything that had anything to do with Islam, I think that may have been a okay fatwa for a few decades ago, but with the amount of disposable income that the American Muslim community has, which is the equivalent of GDPs of countries, I think we can start spending our zakat money on the fuqara and the masakeen who are like in dire need of it. And then our masajid can be funded by endowments, can be funded by our sadaqat, could be funded by our investments, right? So do we need sophistication in that regard? Certainly. 
Do we need to reconsider the sophistication that we take towards civic engagement? Absolutely. Is civic engagement just about a photo op with a politician who comes and says, you are welcome and we love you and you are accepted? I'm sure I don't need to be accepted, okay? I am a Muslim. I have been here. I don't... Thank you. We appreciate every narrative of every politician coming in being like, we accept you. And then everyone claps and we move on. That's not real civic engagement. That's a photo op. I'm, I'm, excuse me for speaking, like bringing something completely out. But, like, <laughs> yeah. but I believe let's just put it as something that needs to be discussed. What is real civic engagement? Maybe some of it is a photo op. But what does it mean to have real relationships and partnership? What does our interfaith work need to look like? Is it just about, once again, the photo ops and the kumbaya? Or is it real partnerships and relationships Maybe we disagree on certain issues, but we are really advocating together on this issue based on this value and this principle informed by the Qur'an and the Sunnah, right? And we just have to take that down the line. I agree 100%. Vocational practices and vocational learning and every doctor has to go every few years to a different conference or a different, they have to take exams, why? Because they have to beef up their knowledge. But they don't have to go to such training to become part of the board member. (laughs) (laughs) So honestly, whether you're a board member, whether you're a sheikh, I believe continual learning, continual spiritual purification is a necessity. That's why we have to structure our institutions where we ensure that, you know what, we have a culture within our masjid. We have a culture within our institutional organization that ensures continuous growth. We fund it. We pay for it. We empower it. We encourage it. Hey, listen, Sheikh Yasser, why don't you go spend some time with Sheikh Mukhtar, Imam Zaid, and really go into retreat. Go spend and discuss with him some. We want to empower you to do that. Or you go to the mashayikh that you trust and you love, but we want to ensure that you feel that you're nourished and you're growing and you're not just a clog in a machine. Right? I want Ghidar. Ghidar, you know what? Why don't you take a break? You know, from being the executive Definitely. director. <laughs> director <laughs> Thank of it. you very much. No, no, no. But that doesn't mean you go. Home. No, no. That doesn't mean you go home and sleep. Of course. Maybe I want you to serve in this capacity. We need someone who's going to come in every morning and take care of this particular issue. And we we have a rotating process that is really empowering to ensure that everyone feels nourished. Everyone feels that they're growing. Everyone feels that the best is being achieved and accomplished. But this is where we need a disruption, going back to my... We need mm-hmm. to change and shift the culture of how we think about our organizations. Listen, way too many people come into organizations and the first thing they think about is me. How do I feel here? Do I like this? Do I not like this? Am I welcomed or not welcomed? Listen, the first thing and the last thing that all of us have to always be thinking about is, is Allah happy with us here? Is Allah pleased with me in my work in this podcast, in my work in Al-Madina, in my work in, in, in this masjid or that organization or this institution? Is Allah happy? When I meet him, is he going to say, you know, salamun <laughs> alayk, peace be upon you for what you try to do in the dunya? Or is it going to be like, you know, some of us who have to go into like, Customs, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, right? Yes. We're gonna have to yeah. take you aside. It's not like welcome home. It's like uh, we're gonna have to take you in the back because we have a lot. We need to download <laughs> your computer and your phone and really look at what's been going on, right? May Allah Subhanahu wa Taala help us to realize this. And I know, brothers and sisters, before we close, I know that there's so much that hasn't been covered, and we need to perhaps start talking about some of the like details. You said part one. This, this is, part is a one. part one. Yeah. Inshallah, 
when Allah wills, maybe we'll consider a part two. Right. But hopefully this just excites some thoughts in all of our hearts and minds. Whether we are in positions of quote-unquote power or leadership or whether we are just quote-unquote lay Muslims who come to the masjid, how all of us collectively are going to meet Allah having said, Ya Allah, we really tried our best to serve your masajid, to serve your institutions, to serve your deen. Here is what I tried to do. I did it with the best sincerity, with the most knowledge that I possibly could. I asked all the questions. I tried. I tried to learn and study and consult and take shura. And here is what I could offer. Yeah, I mean, for the listeners, this is not, uh, again, you know, um, this is merely just a cry, uh, you know, that we need to pay attention, you know, not necessarily, you know, to try to say like, you know, uh, hey, you know, we are offering solutions, you know, some some of the listeners may be like, well, don't just stir my emotions and give me solutions, you know, so <laughs> this is not meant to be as such. We are saying, you guys are able to figure it out, go figure it out. Yeah, so, yeah. so uh, we have, alhamdulillah, a lot of talent, a lot of knowledge. And every community, inshallah, is able to do it. Yeah, such. So, like you said, this is part one to be continued. <laughs> dot, 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 dot. So, Jazakallah Khair, Sheikh Yasser, for, um, for um, joining us again. Yeah, I want to thank our listeners. Thank you, Ghidar, everyone, for listening to the show. Please uh, be sure to give us your feedback. Um, share the podcast with uh, friends and family, anyone you think may benefit. And until then, Assalamu alaikum. Peace be unto you. As-salamu alaykum.